are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, you guys came back this week. That's, a, that's always a good thing. Uh, I said that because I talked about money last week, and that makes everybody uncomfortable, including me. And, uh, but I think it was, it was good. Um, one thing the Lord always does in my life is whenever I talk about money, this, last, this, this has happened recently a lot, he calls for me to make a big offering on the days when I talk about money. So it's, there's always, <laughs> I do it at a cost because I'm doing it like, you know, you know what you could do? And he, tell, he gives me something specific that I could do. And it's like, really, God, that much? Okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> uh, do you have those cards, Mayor? Okay, we're going to get those for us real quick. Scrounge up a pen, if you can, uh, something to write with where you are. Something to write with wherever you are. Get one. If you don't have one, there's some on some of the back of the seats. Uh, Mary, get somebody to help you, and let's pass those out real fast. And What I want to do, we're going to talk about vision today. And uh, for me, I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. Can I say that again? I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us today through the Word, but He also gives us downloads of what's happening. He loves to tell us what He wants to do in advance, His people. I think uh, His people aren't designed to walk in the dark, although there are times when we don't know what's going to happen, but God wants to give us a heads up. So what I want you to do, I'm inviting you to be part of this today. What do you hear God saying for the new year? Uh, don't, there's writing on one side, just don't, don't worry about that. On the blank side of the card, I want you to write it down there. May, preferably one word. Uh, what, do you, what do you think our word is for the year? What do you hear the Holy Spirit saying to us as a church? If you're not sure, just hold on to it. You can do it later. If, uh, if you know, go ahead and write that down. I'm going to collect those in just a moment. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I think. I want to hear what you think as well. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the new year coming. I really am. Not just because last year was a train wreck. Actually, I don't think it was a train wreck. I think it was challenging. Uh, and I think the future might be full of challenges as well. But I've just determined I want to have the best year possible next year. Anybody with me? I've just determined I want to have the best year possible. And I think that's God's heart for us. You know, I don't think that, you know, some of us are hunkered down right now. Next year is going to be horrible, you know. Just all, and I'm just going to go hide in my basement, and I'm just going to do whatever. You know, that, that, this is not the year to hide in your basement. This is not your year to shrink back. This is a year to stretch forward what God for what God has for us. 2021 might turn out to be tough. You know, who knows? There might be some challenges. Let me say this: there will be some challenges this year. There will be some challenges, but my my goal. I think with the Lord is I'm going to cover as much ground as I can, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to have a good year. And one reason I'm excited is because I, I really feel like God's favor is on us for this new year. And, and I'm aware of how much God wants to be with us in the middle of our community and our circumstances. And let me say that again. I'm really aware that God really wants to be with us in a tangible way in our community this year through everything that we go through. That's God's plan for his people, and I'm really expecting that more and more this year. You know, we pray every, every time we meet, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, 
but I believe that's God's heart for us. And he wants to be with us in the middle of our community and bless us. And I think, do you know that things can be crazy and shifting and shaking all around you, and you can still thrive? You know, that's, that's one of the miracles of what it means to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. Things can be crazy all around you, but when you're locked into him and you're with him, uh, you, can, you can thrive. And uh, that's good. So we're going to stand firm in his presence. So before I, uh, I share some things that I want to say, why don't you go ahead and pass those cards to the middle? Pass those cards to the middle. Daniel, will you, will you collect those for us and kind of bring them up to me? I want to kind of just share some of those because I think it's good in community that we just kind of share some thoughts. And if you don't know, it's okay. You know, if you've got some ideas, you know, we're going we're gonna to look at some of those together. So you didn't know you were going to have to participate today. Go figure. Participation in church happens sometimes. So, uh, If you're online, I forgot to welcome you guys online. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, thanks for watching. And put, just put your ideas in the chat. Put your thoughts in the chat of what you feel like God is saying to us for the new year as a church. And uh, we're going to look at these. So... Go ahead and give me a chunk of them now, Daniel, while you're collecting some more. I might have to look at all these later. Should we, can you shuffle them for me? Want to shuffle them? <laughs> we always do that when we play, when we play games. <laughs> I'm going to pray for Daniel to be delivered from poker cards. Bless him, Lord. Oh, this is cool. You know, the very first one is what we're going to start the new year with, my, with, with a series for the year. Uh, presence. It's a year of God's presence. Man, that's just, that's that's that is right there, you know. Uh, got the word share. I think that's good. You know, we talked last week about how we're going to have to share our stuff with each other this year. It's just part of it is faith, focus. That's good too. You know, how many of you guys feel this kind of stuck in the mud right now? This is just hard to make progress. You know, it's just a lot of thoughts and ideas, but it's just like we're not, we're not going anywhere sometimes. Uh, that's, a, that's a focus issue. We'll probably talk about that a little later. In fact, I had a whole sermon written about focus today. I got up this morning. I wasn't going to say this, but I threw the whole thing in the trash. I wrote my entire thoughts of what I was going to say this morning because all, all I had been working on all week, the Lord has said, no, I want you to do something different. Change. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I didn't see that until I just looked down just now. So... All right. Be ready. Speak boldly. I think that's good. Where are we here? Alive. Persevere. Unity. Stronger. Those are all good things. Growing. Ephesians 4, which I'm not off the top of my head. Obedience. Throne. Maturity. Forgiveness, work on getting closer. That's all good stuff, man. That is all good stuff. And I think it lines up with what the Lord has for us. It's definitely, this is a year to grow and thrive in what God has for us. So um, today we're talking specifically about what God is saying to us as a community. God sees us as a community made up of individuals, not individuals who happen to be in a community. You know, we think of ourselves as, well, I'm an individual coming, and I just happen to be in community, but God sees it a different way. He sees a community with individuals, and uh, that's, that's good for us.
Um, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about what God has to say to us as families and in our personal lives. So the two things we talked about last week were devotion, um, a year to seek the Lord, be in his presence, devote ourselves to him, and finances, which are to you know, be prepared this year. Get, get your house in order this year the best you can, pay off some debt, save, but also be generous at the same time. Now, for us as a community, I've been praying about this, and I hear, I hear two phrases that I think are from the Lord. I'll always, I'll always say it this way, and we do this at the vineyard. We say, well, you know, I, I, I think this is the Lord. We don't come up and say, thus saith the Lord. I come to you with full authority. Everything I say is exactly right. You know, we, we hear in part. We know in part. We prophesy in part. We come with humility. And so I'll say it like this. I, I, I really think that, that this is what the Lord is saying to us for the year, but it's coming through a human being. So two things I hear. Number one, uh, I'm going to put meat on the bones this year. It's something I hear the Lord saying. I'm going to put meat on the bones. And the second thing I hear the Lord saying is leadership development. Leadership development. So let me, let me uh, talk about those for a minute. Number, the first one, I'm going to put meat on the bones. It's not going to take long to talk about this. Do you know a lot of time when God speaks to us, um, he uses phrases that we, in thinking that we are already kind of in a little bit. He doesn't usually drop something out on us that's just totally outside of the way we normally think or feel or express ourselves. He'll use a phrase or something, and he'll bring something to mind that's already kind of in us a little bit. Uh, this phrase, I'm going to put meat on the bones, is not something I normally say or think about. It kind of came from the outside a little bit. And I th at first I thought it was a little odd, and I had to pray about it. I, and I fully don't know what this means for us. I'll tell you what I th think. I think at the end of the year, we're going to look back, and we're going to see where God put meat on the bones, okay? But here's what I think. I think it means that God is going to grow and strengthen our community this year. I think he's going to bring life. You know, a skeleton, there's no life. The skeleton's important. If you don't have a skeleton, if you had no skeleton, we'd just be a blob, wouldn't we? We wouldn't have you. The skeleton is our structure and it's our core, but he's going to put meat on that this year, which I think he's going to bring some life. And the third thing is, I think he's going to lead us in fleshing out our plan as a church. Uh, I'm a, I like football. Any, any football watchers out there? You know, I'm too old to play football. I'll hear commentators say sometimes, um, that team just doesn't know their identity. They're, they don't know who they are. Are they a ground, are they a ground team? Are they a, you know, a passing team? Are they a defense? They don't know who they are. And I, and I thought about that. And I thought, yeah, this, this is a year where God is going to show us more than ever who we are and what our strengths are this year. So he's going to put me down to bones. The second one, and this is going to take more time to develop, is this leadership development. Um, this is a year to grow. Whoever put grow on their card, this is a year to grow as individuals and as a people. It's time to prepare for what's gonna come. Now, I always have my ear to the ground and I'm paying attention to what I'm hearing in society. You know, commentators, politicians, pastors. I don't know if you're like that or not. I'm always listening, I'm always, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, watch some news. I just, I just kinda wanna know what are, what are people saying out there a little bit. And people are always saying stuff. But one thing I hear this year, I've heard it several times. Maybe you've heard it too. A day of reckoning is coming for the church. Have you heard that? Day of reckoning is coming for the church. And in that, I hear a threat. 
and I hear an opportunity. Now, not everything we hear from society in the world is God's message to the church. There's people out there that want us to do all kinds of stuff in here that we're not going to do. <laughs> you know, we have, we're going to follow the word of God, you know. But there's some things sometimes that God uses that voice to kind of point out some flaws and some situations in the church. Now, the opportunity is this, and this is something we've talked about earlier in the year. Um, the church has to lead the way in, in, in racial justice. I really believe that. The church has to lead the way. The church has always lagged behind in this area or ignored it. We talked earlier this year how throughout the history of the church, when slavery was going on and different things, the church just looked the other way, or they even condoned it. The church. And it was just horrible. When civil riots were taking root, the church looked the other way. And I think when people are saying there's a day of reckoning coming to the church, it's because they've looked at us and not seen our participation or leadership in this area, uh, or we've ignored it completely. Justice is part of the gospel. It really is. Uh, it's what the Lord Jesus talked about. You know, people can be oppressed around us or have, be at a disadvantage, and we have to pay attention. That goes for all kinds of injustice, not just not racial injustice, but everything. But the gospel, by design, lifts people out of their condition and situation uh, and, and brings them in relationship with the Lord and brings them to a better place. You know, the entire nation of Israel, when Jesus showed up, was being oppressed by the Romans and the Herods. It was bloody. It was ruthless. These people were oppressed at a level that we can't even understand. And when the Lord Jesus came to present himself to the people as God's answer uh, to their lives, it was about everything. It wasn't just about where they're going to go when they die. That's, that's something the church has kind of fallen into a little bit. You know, we want people to go to heaven when they die is kind of the, the, the language. But we're not so much concerned about people's conditions now. People, Jesus made such an impact in the flesh when he was here but because he cared about people's conditions right where they were. He ministered to them in their problems, in their hunger, in their oppression, in, in so many things, not just about their, their eternal destiny. You know, whether it was a prostitute who in that day when, when your husband died, if you were a woman, you couldn't own property, you couldn't work, and it almost forced women into prostitution. And he met, a, he met, a, met prostitutes were drawn to him because he saw their situation and he loved them and the gospel was the answer to everything. People who were blind, people who were rejected by society, he saw their situation and he loved them and he reached out to them. And his word to them was that his kingdom was here and that he was the answer to everything. That's why today in our church, we believe the gospel is the answer to sickness. We believe the gospel is the answer to oppression. We believe the gospel can make a difference in people's lives when it comes to bondage and overcoming the power of sin. It all goes together. The kingdom is now and not yet, but it's, it's, it's breaking through in so many areas of our life. And it's all the gospel. So you've heard me say this before, as God's people, we're part of the solution for the problems of the world today, not just people's eternal destiny. We've got the answer to people's eternal destiny and God's long-term plan for them, but we're also part of the solution for now. So to ignore sickness around us would, would be wrong. 
If we just ignore, well, hey, sorry, you're sick. In fact, you know what the church has done? They've woven sickness into God's plan for humanity, <laughs> you know, which is really weird and messed up. Like, well, God, God wants you to be sick because he's going to teach you about his suffering on the cross or just something crazy like that, you know. God can use everything, but I don't think God makes people sick, okay? He's the answer to sickness. Um, but we can't ignore sickness. As, as we do, if we come across people who are sick and struggling, man, we pray. God's the answer. What he does about it, it it's, it's his kingdom, it's his will, but we're going to pray. And we're going to see things happen more often than not. We can't ignore bondage. People who are bound to addiction, we can't ignore that. God wants to help and get involved. We can't ignore sin. We don't come to judge, but we come to be the solution. That's, that's who we are. And we cannot ignore racial injustice around us. We've got to love people this year like never before. We've got to bring God's solution. And the problem for us is so many things are being politicized right now. You know, Will and, Will and I did a series on, on, you know, politics in the U.S. And kind of like, you know, people say, well, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm of the party of the donkey. I'm of the party of the elephant. But, man, we're of the party of the lamb, okay? <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're in God's party. And that's our goal for this year, you know. But... Uh, so much has been politicized, and it's gotten mingled with what really needs to happen. And, and what we, like science, for example, you know, science has been politicized, and it's so hard to know what's right and wrong in some areas right now. We've got to get, we've got to, just because something's being politicized doesn't mean we have to leave it alone. We've got to break through that, and we've got to, God, what's your heart for this issue? What do you want us to do? So politicians are always wanting to commandeer the church, Okay? Make no mistake, people, politicians want the church on their side, and politicians want to commandeer and control the church. Politicians don't want to destroy the church, they want to, they want to control it, okay? And, and we're going to see that more and more. This is what's coming. I think of two passages in the scripture, one is Acts 9.1. Um, it says, now Saul, Still breathing threats and murders against the church. This is the guy who became Paul and who brought the gospel to the world. Uh, he went to the high priest and asked for letters for him, from him to the synagogues in Damascus. So if he found any belonging to the way, which was Jesus' followers, whether men or women, he might bring them in shackles to Jerusalem. So here's Saul. He was a good Jewish man who knew the law. And man, his goal was to go find Christians and throw them in jail or have them lose their jobs or have, or have them die. That was, his, that was his plan. And it says, breathing threats. Man, you, you know that it's deep in you when you're breathing it. There's a time to shout, <laughs> threats, you know. He was breathing threats. Man, it was deep in him. It was part of who he was. But right after this verse in the Bible, when, when Saul is breathing threats coming against believers, Jesus met him on the way to Damascus and said, Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And God turned his whole story around and he becomes a disciple. Um, God loves his church. So people who mess with his church are in a bad place. I can tell you one thing. People who are going to try to mess with the church are going to find themselves in a bad place. And we have to be careful about criticizing God's church in public. We got to look at ourselves honestly and we got to talk about everything but if you're one of those people who find something wrong or hypocritical about the church and you post it online, 
I just tell you to be careful. <laughs> be careful with that. It's not, it's not a good idea, you know. Um, how many of you guys would post negative things about your kids online? My kid is just a mess. <laughs> I'd post things about Ashley online I see wrong in her life, but only because <laughs> she raised her hand. Um, how many of us would point, would put things on Facebook about our parents or brothers or sisters or our good friends, criticizing them for the world to see? We don't do that. And we don't do that with the church either. We can have problems with my, with my sister and brother. I've got two brothers and a sister, and, and they're a mess. I'll say that because they're not here. And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll criticize them, they'll criticize me, but we do it to each other. It's not, it's not going out there for the whole world to see. So be careful about criticizing God's people in public places. And a second thing is, because there, there's going to be enough criticism coming against the church in the next few years that's going to make your head spin. Uh, be careful what you post about politics and society right now, too. We're, we have covered a lot of ground with that. We're doing a whole lot better than we used to. But there's a tendency, you just want to vent online for the world to see. And here's what you don't realize. You represent me when you do that, if you're part of this church. You represent me. Oh, that's Greg's church. Wow, that's what Greg's church believes. Wow, okay. <laughs> you know, don't do that to me. You represent a novo. You represent each other. And most importantly, you represent the Lord Jesus. Um, if Jesus was living your life, would he post what you just posted? <laughs> we, just, we just have to be careful. Find out a different way to let out some steam, okay? That's important. Uh, we aren't the people that storm the government. And I don't know whether to talk about this or not because whenever I talk about an issue that's in the news or political, someone's going to get mad at me, but I'm going to just, you know, we're, we're God's people. we got a different way, okay? Um, what I saw last week wasn't God's heart. I know it came out a lot of frustration and anger, and I'm not going to post about it online and put an opinion out there, but I'll, I'll say to you guys, you know, and I know a lot of it was a deliberate plan to discredit the president and make people look bad. There was just a whole lot of things all mixed into this. It, it, was, it was a mess, you know. Um, God's just got a different way for us to respond to our frustrations. And that's what I want to tune us into. Man, I think I forgot to give you this, but Matthew 5, 43 through 45. You have heard it, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, I would add, pray for those you disagree with, so that you may prove yourself to be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. How do you prove yourselves to be sons of your Father in heaven? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Okay, God, if you I'd say it like this: If you want to prove that God is real in your life, you do it by loving your enemies, people you disagree with, people you feel like are coming against you or threatening you. We we love them, and that's how we prove that we're sons of our Father. See, God's way is different than the world's way. We've got to we've got to learn and train ourselves for the coming days to come at people who come against us with the opposite spirit. And by that I mean this. People, as you follow Jesus and as you share Jesus, God's will for life, and you do it with love, man, people are going to come against you with anger and rage because it doesn't necessarily fit the narrative, okay? 
And the tendency can be when someone comes up against me in anger, if you came up to me and just start you know, fists up and you're yelling at me, the tendency in us is to respond the same way that people are coming against us. It's just a natural thing. If you come at me yelling, I'm going to yell, yell back at you. You come at me with fists, I'm going to put my fists up, okay? Uh, that's not what we do in God's kingdom. We come at them with the opposite spirit. Someone comes against you with rage, you come at them with peace. Someone comes against you with anger and hate, you come, with, come at them with love. And you care about them. We come at people with the opposite spirit. If we, if we act like them, we're in trouble. We've lost our witness. If we try to match their fervor and match their anger, uh, we're in trouble. We respond with the opposite spirit. One thing we're going to need to know is that if God is in your life, you've got a foundation of, of strength and his presence, and there's a security in that. And out of that security of who you are in Christ, you can afford to respond with love. You can afford to be gentle. You don't have to defend yourself with everything. If you're a person and someone says something bad about you, you got to come out and defend it, it's going to be a problem. we just got to get in that mode where we're going to love our enemies. We're going to love people that we feel don't have our best interest at heart, who are coming against us, who are try, trying to cause us harm. You know, Jesus, when, uh, when, he, when he told the disciples, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth, go and make disciples, he's, that was kind of like, go, go love the people who have been your enemies and have been persecuting you and, and bring them the good news. What did the church do? They stayed in Jerusalem and they huddled. <laughs> That's hard to do, isn't it? And then Stephen was stoned and all hell broke loose against the church and God sent his church all over the world to love their enemies and to bring the gospel, bringing good news to those who have persecuted them. And that's, oh, I'm getting stereo. That's okay. <laughs> Two of me is better than one. No, not really. Um, anyway, this is, this is what God did with Paul. Paul's breathing threats and insults, and God deals with him and loves him into his kingdom. And that just shows God's heart. Psalms 2, I want to read real quick. Then I'm going to get into the meat of what uh, we're going to start doing here. Psalms 2 says, why are the nations so angry? We're going to see a lot of anger coming. Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. That's what they feel like. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king, talking about the Lord Jesus, on his throne in Jerusalem, my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son, today I become your father. Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth is your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. That God who is powerful and rules is with us and behind us and we can afford to be gentle 
and we can afford to love. See, in the future, and I made up my mind that this wasn't going to be a doom or gloom sermon, but I want to I point some things out that I think are in the future. We are going to see leaders rage against God's church because the enemy is going to rage against God's church. In the end times, man, the enemy is going to rise up with a, a fury and come against God's people. Um, he, you know, but God's going to stand with us. He's going to avenge us. We're going to stand and pray. And we're, going to, we're going to love our enemies. That's just going to be our response. Uh, we're going to do it in public when we talk about politics and government and political leaders that we don't like. Anybody got any political leaders you just don't like right now? You're not going to step into their fan club, okay? You know, you know what God would say about that? Love your enemies. <laughs> that's, just, that, that's, our, that's our response. I mean, yeah, there, there's ways that we fight. I mean, I'm not saying we just roll over and don't, you know, don't fight. There's things we fight. There's some philosophies and ideas that we're going to have to fight against if, if we want to be a free people, you know. But we need to fight. So this is a background concerning what I'm going to talk about now. Okay, that was just all this to set up. And this is going to be long. It's going to be real short. Um, we're going to focus on leadership development. I feel what the Lord is saying to us is it's time for us to broaden our leadership base, train people, get people involved. You know, the history of the church for the last, I don't know how many years, has been a, a dude standing up here and a lectern telling you how to live, <laughs> you know, and Sunday morning is the big dance, okay? Uh, in the future, that's just going to have to change. We're going to have to figure out what God's saying to us as a church and how to do it differently, and I've got some ideas I kind of want to drop on you today. But we're going we're gonna to start with some leadership development. You know, our philosophy here at the Vineyard is everybody gets to play, and that doesn't mean just in little things, it means in, in leadership, uh, so we're going to start the year, I'm going to give you a part one and a part two. Part one, we're going to start the year by putting together some online training resources that we're going to put together. We've got some great talented people in here who, who have some great knowledge and insight and wisdom about how to follow Jesus. And we're going to put together some, um, some training courses online for us. And some examples are going to be, this is just some examples that we've talked about already. Fundamentals, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We're just going to put a little course online about that. Tribe, what does it, what does it mean to be in the vineyard and our great inheritance in the vineyard movement? How to handle money. The, you know, I did a, did a sermon last week, but we're going to, we're going to do like an online series on how do we handle our money God's way. Kingdom ministry, maybe even things like parenting, you know, I might call it like how not to kill your kids. You know, something like that. We're just going to do some of those things. These are going to be designed to be viewed in small groups or in families, but you can watch it on your, by yourself. But it's going to be designed to, man, get your family together and go through the course on how to handle money or kingdom ministry. And it's going to be a resource for us and for people that are come because if God's going to put meat on the bones, there's not enough of us to go around right now as the core of what God's doing. We're going to have to get something online. And the cool thing is you can be in Centralia. And you can go through this. So you can be anywhere. There's going to be people who aren't part of our church, who don't even live in Wichita, who this will be a resource for them. Um, they're going to be 30 minutes each. There's going to be seven or eight sessions per topic. We're going to have discussion questions to talk about in your family or group. Uh, there's going to be opportunities for further reading. If you're a person who likes to get in there and do it, I'm going to have some books and resources and articles and podcasts that you can listen to. 
for those. Uh, maybe even some homework. Everybody say, yay, homework, woo. You can decide how deep you want to go. Um, we'll probably have a certificate of completion when you get one done. We're going to celebrate it. Man, when you, when you go through the kingdom ministry class, man, we're going to celebrate and be excited. We're going we're gonna to give you a certificate. And we're just going to thank God, and we're going to celebrate the hard work that we've been doing. And uh, the goal is to have four sessions, our first four sessions, by April 1st, and then have at least three more by fall. So by April 1, um, our goal is to have four of these all ready to go, fully lined out and, and ready for you. So that's the plan. That's part one. Part two is I, I feel the need, and I'm not sure what we're going to call it, but for now I'm just going to call it the Anovo School of Leadership. Uh, if we've got to broaden our leadership for the future, um, I, I think we need to start taking some steps to doing that. If you wait, you know, a lot of churches right now just aren't going to change. I think it's going to be a good, peaceful couple years, and people are going to be like, oh, we're back to normal. Let's just keep on doing what we've always done. And those, those churches are not going to survive. One, because our demographic is changing of, of millennials and younger people coming up just want something different. But uh, society is going to change. So uh, we've got to start getting ready for it now. Um, the church is not going to be the same. We always want things to stay the same. I think we're going to use our building, but not as much. And eventually it's going to become secondary to us probably meeting in other spaces. Okay? I think that's the plan. Not going to happen immediately. Don't worry. We're going to get, you're going to get an email in a week or two like we're no longer going to meet here on Sunday mornings. This is just kind of where I think things are headed and what we're going to do. Uh, there's going to be more shutdowns. This wasn't the only one. It was the first one. There's going to be pressure against the church. And I'm not saying evil or good. I'm just saying there's going to be more shutdowns. There's going to be pressure against the church that might eventually keep us from meeting in this building, if I was honest. Uh, online church and online training is a good start. But what about the day when there's no internet or where we're not allowed on the internet? We've got to look at these things. Our leadership team has been talking and putting things together. So we need a strategy to build for the future. So come, come spring, we're going to start this Novo School of Leadership to train people who want to be leaders in the future in our community. Uh, we're going we're gonna to create leaders and pastors. Um, we're going to broaden our base and, and get ready for things to come. Now, if I had to tell what the future of this looks like, this is my guess. And a lot of this is, some of this is going to adjust with time. I think we're pretty firm in kind of our part one and our part two. Um, I, th I think there's churches right now that, are, that have grown and there's not enough room for everybody. So half the people meet in small groups one Sunday and the other people come to service together. And then the next week, those people come and they meet here and another group meets in small groups and homes. I think that, if I had to tell you what I think is going to happen, I think that's, that's where we're going to start. And then when we have to broaden it even more, we already have a platform to where groups are going. Um, so in this Inovo School of Leadership, we're probably going to meet once a week or once every other week, maybe twice a month to start. Uh, our goal is to do it in person, but we are going to have some, we're going to have every session available online, but not for public viewing. So if you miss one, there's a way to still do that, but it's not going to be out there for all the world to see, if that makes sense, okay? But the goal is to be face-to-face, -face, be in person, do it together. 
Um, the picture is eventually to have um, each, each, we have groups, each one has a pastor. Worship can be recorded, but we can have worship leaders in our groups. Probably a 10 or 15 minute talk that I'm going to do. Uh, we'll put those on a flash drive. 10 or 15 minutes of the, the home pastor sharing and small group discussion. And that's, that's kind of the plan. We'll see how that plays out, but that's kind of where I think we're heading to. So, so this is the plan. This is kind of what we're looking at, and I think it's some bold steps. Some of you guys, you just want to grow in your leadership. By coming to our leadership school doesn't mean that you have to, that you're signing up to be a small, a small group pastor. You don't have to do that, but it's the group, that, it's a pool we're going to pull our small group pastors out of. So just come and grow in leadership and, um, and, and grow. That's what God wants for us this year. We're going to grow in leadership. We're going to grow in what he has for us. We're going to learn. We're going to study together. And uh, this is the plan that we put together. Now, I don't want to create fear. Now, I grew up a good Baptist kid. We sang that song, Life is Full of gun, Guns and War, and Everyone Got Trampled on the Floor. I don't remember that. I wish we'd all been ready. Jesus shows up and raptures people, and everything's going to be horrible. We're looking at a season of, of great glory and a season of some problems. And we just want to be ready for what God has for us. And that's the plan. Uh, the, the short of it is this. We want to invest in you. We want to invest in you and prepare you for what God has for you. You are the future of the church. So to end this, what do I do now? So, okay, that's great, Greg, you know. Some, some things are going to be ready April 1st. Some things are going to start in the fall. Uh, number one, man, we are praying and fasting for this year. Whether you've been in this from the beginning or not, I want to encourage you, jump into this with us. We're, we're, we're declaring our dependence on the Lord that we don't know what we're doing without him, that we desperately need his help. <laughs> God, we need your direction. We need your guidance. We don't know what's the, de- the details of what's to come, but you know, so God help us. So jump in with that with us. Wherever you are, just fast something <laughs> and pray and ask God for his, his leadership. Uh, as these cards show, and this is part of broadening our leadership base. I did this today on purpose because not everything's going to come from up here. We've got to hear from the Lord together. We've got to lead together. That's going to be so important in the days to come. That's number one. Number two, make a plan to read through the Bible with us. Sounds very simple. When you get in the Word, you hear from the Lord about other things. When you get in the Word, God speaks to you about your life. (laughs) You know, He speaks to you through the Word, and He speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. And if you want to hear from the Lord, you just need to be in the Word. And in little times of prayer every day. It doesn't have to be like an hour a day. It could be 10 minutes a day. But you're putting yourself in God's presence to hear from Him. So that'd be number two. Number three, when we get these classes laid out, which... Like I said, they'll be, they'll be, the goal is four by April 1. Uh, man, put together a group or get it in your family and just once a week go through, go through these and start learning and training and reading. And uh, don't make Sunday morning where you come for, all the, for the meat. Get the meat in your family. Get the meat in your small group. Get the meat because you're doing extra study outside of what's being presented for you. Does that make sense? Number four, pray about being part of our leadership school when it comes. When we start this thing up in the spring or summer, it's going to be this year for sure. It's going to run one year. 
Just pray and see if that's something you want to be a part of. It will take a commitment. It's, it's not going to be easy. Our goal is to have about 15 people for our first year. That's what we want to do. So that's our, that's our plan. Number one, jump in with prayer and fasting. Number two, do the Bible reading with us. Number three, jump into the classes. Number four, just be praying about whether this school of leadership is for you. That's our goal. Um, any questions or thoughts? So real quick, a little, give you a second. And you can email me if you've got some ideas or thoughts or, God, Greg, that sounds weird. You know, <laughs> or explain, I, I, don't, I didn't get this, explain it to me. Um, any, any questions or thoughts? Hey, hey, there you are. I like it. That's, 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 that's it. You know, I don't want to rehash things, you know, but we talked about the church is going to have to get closer and we're going to have to grow up. And my prayer for you is it's not like, oh, there's a need. I'm going to call the pastor. It's, hey, God designed me for this. I can minister to the people around me and I can do this thing. So that's our goal. So let me, I, I appreciate you. And we love you, and I believe the future of the church is this room. It's not the, all the extra people who are coming. It's our core. That's the future of the church, and that's where we're going to develop our resources. Anybody's invited, but we're going to focus on you who are here to plan for the future. Let me pray for you. Um, Lord, we love you, and God, we just thank you for who you are this morning. Lord, this morning we declare our dependency on you, that uh, you know the future, you know what's coming. Lord, we even trust you to nudge us and adjust us where we need it, because we know that none of us have full revelation of everything. None of us know everything. So, Lord, we just trust you, and we ask you, Lord, just to show us how to pace, how to move. Lord, what to add, what to subtract. God, we love you and thank you. And Father, I just thank you for the good group of people we have today and as our core of the church. And we just thank you for the things that you're going to do. Thank you that you've equipped us for the future. And Lord, we were made for this. We were made for these days. And God, we thank you that you're with us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.